This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering Ipswich Town since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and you are tuned into episode 501. Um, this time the pre-match show, Sunderland Away edition, brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. Um, you can catch us every week on podcast audio and video and joining me this week for an hour or so of irreverent but always informative Ipswich Town chat is my good friend, well, not anymore, because I've not invited your coffee club going to the live show. I was watching. Um, evening, Stev. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. It feels like a little while since we've done one of these together. I had I one with Ben, think. and you had one with Craig. And yeah, yeah, it must be a good couple of three, three, four weeks, maybe, since we do one of these together. So no apologies for the uh, the coffee club. Uh, it's fine. I'm an easy choice. We've had so many nights out. You were simply the safe option. You don't want to slag off anyone else. So um, I totally get that. And and Ben was in there nice and early. So yeah, I um I totally get that. And and probably you're not alone in, in those thoughts either. So um, if you don't know what we're talking about, um firstly go and watch the excellent series of coffee club videos that the club are putting out on their social media, uh, with um stolen by Joe Piggott. Stole the show. Oh, this, so yeah, be- the best one, one so far this week, wasn't it, with him um, gate crashing the uh, the party. He was with his sausage roll. So go and watch those. And then go and watch the live show, which is still available um, from this week with um, Ben and Seb. Um, and you can find them um, slagging me off um, and everyone else um, about who would be in their coffee club. Let's, uh, let's. well, we're here to talk about Sunderland. We've got some really chunky bits and pieces of news. In fact, I've done a pre-record um, with our friends at ITFC Women because they've got a big match coming up. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a little news bumper up. And then I'm going to um, go back in the past when it was daytime and talk to Kieran Stanley. So here we go. So joining us now, um, Kieran Stanley from ITFC Women. Um, what's your official title, Kieran? I always get it wrong because it's got a very complicated, lots of words in it. 
Yeah, um, technically media officer, um, but more, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, to be honest. I know what that sounds like. Don't worry yeah. about that. Um, great to have you with us. It's a really exciting time for ITFC Women. So great to get um, a view from inside the camp um, with a really exciting fixture coming up at the weekend. But first off, let's talk about um, the Women's FA Cup because successfully through um, against MK Dons at the weekend and Crawley Wasps up in the next round, which shouldn't um, present any fear for the girls because they beat Crawley Wasps earlier in the season. I mean, yeah, it's it's a team we've already beat this season. It's a team that's in our division, so we know them reasonably well, um, similar to the MK Dons game this past weekend. Um, but, you know, Crawley are a decent side at this level, um, so we're going to have to play well. We're going to have to be on our game um, because it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a, a, a formality to get through. So um, performance and, uh, you know, um, result are going to be be really important um as i said just because they're in our division it doesn't mean that it's a it's a walkover so uh be a tough test for us but but one we're ready for and and uh, yeah and it's a really fair point because because the win that i was talking about was was a single goal margin wasn't it so um admittedly early in the season so i i yeah we i can put the league table up as well in a second because the the primary reason you're here to talk to us is about the league game coming up this weekend. So let's put the league table up very quickly. Crawley Wasps there um, in mid-table, but um, on a good points tally. So as you say, um, it won't be um, a walkover. And um, interesting that no draws there, um, which is always interesting. Um, but the reason for covering our faces for those watching on the video um, is to show you the top of the table where ITFC women sit proudly with a nine-point buffer to second place if only it was so simple as you can see there Southampton having played three games less um, and therefore um, that three game buffer can easily be eaten up and with a superior goal difference at this point as well but Kieran it's the big one we've had the the warm up a couple of weeks ago in the um, in the League Cup and now it's the big one are you excited? Yeah yeah well, all of us are um, I, I spoke to Olivia Smith last night for pre-match which will be going out this week um, or maybe by the time people have seen this, it might already be out. But um, she was she was saying that this is the kind of games that, uh, that you play football for. This is what you train for. This is what you, you work towards. And and there is a level of excitement towards it because this is a top-of-the-table clash. And although a couple of weeks ago was exciting playing them in the first part of a trilogy in front of a big crowd in Felixstowe, it was a League Cup tie. But this time round, points are on the line. It's going to mean a hell of a lot more to both teams. And uh, I'm sure it's going to live up to expectation. Yeah, it's, it's a tough, tough trip, as we, as we know. Um, just for those um, listening or watching who who are um, armchair supporters, as it were, of the ITFC women's team and, and not really aware of the the mechanics of how promotion works, we kind of put the league table up there with Ipswich in top Southampton in second. But really, it's one place to compete for. From that outside, it seems really harsh. Yeah, I mean, I think we share that opinion, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm sure a lot of clubs within the Women's National League would feel the same. Um, they Basically, they, they want to go back as of next season to a 12-team format in the league. So that's why there's extra relegation spots. But it also means only one team can go out of the division upwards. Um, so the way that it works, and this, is, this has been the case in previous years, and we were kind of hoping that they would move on and maybe try and develop a more... Um, or a better path to get through into the championship because there are a lot of teams, including ourselves, that are 
that are good enough to play in the championship or at least compete to get into the championship. Um, you think of ourselves, Southampton, Wolves, Nottingham Forest, Derby County, all teams that have got ambitions of going higher. So um, it, the way that it works is it, it's from a few years ago. They've brought back the same system. I'm hoping it's going to disappear at some point. But it is the winner of the Southern Division plays the winner of the Northern Division uh, in a one-off playoff final and the winner gets promoted to the championship. Um, which is bizarre, which is very harsh, um, especially if if you're a team that's perhaps nearly gone unbeaten the entire season, and then you've got to play one more game. And if you, it doesn't happen to you on that day, that's almost like a harsh punishment. Um, so it's not great, but it is what it is, and we've got to just do it. So you know, hopefully we can we can win this division first and foremost, and then secondly, hopefully we can go and face the northern winner later in the season and um and beat them in a playoff final that would be amazing wouldn't it your first the first time at this this level as well arguably apart from maybe the man city cup tie is this this the biggest game perhaps in in the history of in in this latest reincarnation i suspect it probably is isn't it yeah i would say you're probably right put the pressure on the girls by the way yeah no i'd say you're probably right um so far uh, i think this is definitely the, the the biggest league game we've ever had. I think um, both teams unbeaten. Both teams have won every game in the league this season. Both have a lot of ambition, a lot of resource, um, a lot of good players, a lot of youth internationals, uh, and a clear direction. So this, these are the two teams that, that are going to be at the forefront of of this division. But the, the women's national league as a whole. Um, I think out of the two sides, I think, you know, ultimately one's going to miss out at the end of the season. But whoever that team is, will go again next year and would be, I would say, heavy favourites to then follow up the following year. Because both of these teams ultimately are going to be in the championship at some point. And hopefully the Women's Super League, it's just a matter of time. Just thinking ahead to the game then. Um, I'm not going to ask you for a score prediction, but what I will ask you, I, w- I will offer you in Mick McCarthy style, if I could offer you a point now, would you even travel? <laughs> um, I certainly think that that we'd be happy with a point. Um, it would keep the unbeaten run going um, and would mean, that obviously, Southampton's winning run has stopped as well. Um, but I think, you know, that would then... That would mean that they don't gain any ground on us, which is important. Um, but I don't think you can have that particular mindset of let's just you know go down there. I don't want to do what Oxford did to the men's side at the weekend and turn up and you know and basically settle for a point um, from early doors. Um, no, I, I'd, you know, I think we have to have that mentality of going down there to win the game. Ultimately, we want to win this division. We're going down there to get all three points, and we're confident of doing so. So. Yeah, as much as I'm sure coming away from it at the end of the day, if a point is what we get, I'm sure that will be fine. I'm sure we'll be happy with that. But we're, you know, you know, I'm under no illusions. We're going down there for three points, and we are fully intent on coming home with them. Brilliant! I love that. The League Cup tie really tight, wasn't it? And it took a, a quality goal to win it for Southampton. What was the thought in the group after that game? There was a real air of optimism after the game, actually. I think it would be natural for, for players to feel a bit deflated. But actually, I think coming away from that, we thought, well, we more than matched them all game. And I think on on the basis of the whole game, we were probably just the better team and we had the better chances on the day. And if, if things fall for us better, then we, we could have won the game maybe 
two or three one. You know, I think you know, especially you mentioned Sarah's chance in the last three minutes. If that flies in, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting extra time period probably. But you know, we had some good chances. We played really well on the day. Uh, we were organised. We were we, we were solid. We we worked really hard, and there was there was nothing to separate the two teams other than a great strike from Lucia Kendall. So. It was very, very fine margins. I'd expect the same to play out this weekend um, in terms of it being very cagey, very close, because it's the two best teams in the league going head-to-head. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, this time round, it's on it's on in their territory and they have their crowd behind them because, um, obviously, we had a great crowd behind us at Felix, though, that day. Um, but you've got to put that all aside and just focus on the job at hand. And, and like I said, we're going down there for all three points. And and hopefully on the day, you know, what went against us last time will go for us this time. Yeah, fingers crossed on that. Um, finally, just be quickly, some some bits and pieces of plugs. I'll put your um, the Twitter handle there, at, at ITFC Women, all, all one word for the Twitter. Um, we've got to wish um, Abby Lafayette all the best, along with her teammates, obviously sponsored by Blue Monday. We're hoping to speak to her in the next few weeks, which would be great. Um, talk to us about very quickly about True Blue and um, signpost, if you will, the next opportunity for folk to get down to Felixstone Walton. I know there's some difficulty around the 28th, which is the Sunday because of the crew match, but just tell us about True Blue and when we can get down to watch the girls. Yeah, so True Blue is like is a membership scheme starting from five pounds per month. Uh, it, it's basically the equivalent of a season ticket, but what it is is every pound that you contribute to becoming a True Blue member is going directly into the club and helping towards the success of the women's program at Ipswich Town. Um, so it's great value for money. Like I said, five pounds a month minimum. You can pay more if you want to, um, and it gets you access into every home game. And obviously, if you end up having say two home games in one month, you're getting them for two pound fifty a pop. So the value for money is there. Um, we've been delighted about the amount of signups we've had. Rich, I believe you signed up as well recently. Have, yeah. um, so it's been fantastic. And hopefully we can continue to grow it and offer more um, as part of the package. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's great. And with regards to the Crawley game, so, yeah, we've been drawn at home to Crawley Wasps in the second round of the Women's FA Cup on the 28th of November, which is the same day that the men are playing crew at Portman Road. It, it does create a bit of an issue for us. Um, I, I can't confirm anything just now, uh, but we are in discussions with um, both the club and Crawley Wasps about the, the best possible action to take about potentially moving a game or a kickoff time or whatever. But I'm, I'm working as hard as I can to try and find a solution. But yeah, at, at this stage, haven't had anything confirmed just yet, but hopefully that will change in the next couple of days or so. Fingers crossed. We'll keep us posted on that. Kieran, thanks again for for joining us. And uh, as as we always say, come on, you blues. Absolutely. Up the town. There you go. If I'd been thinking about it, Seb, I would have done that kind of, um, oh, I'm going to hand back to me in the past. Hi, past Richard. And yeah, all that kind of stuff. Or maybe some Wayne's World. You've, uh, you definitely missed, you've definitely missed a trick there. time. Big the game for ITFC. Great. You should done the, always do the Scooby-Doo ending. Yeah. <laughs> Fishy head ending. Yeah. Um, yeah, Southampton for ITFC women in the league on Sunday. Big one. Any thoughts on, on that one? We I can get a prediction. I didn't want to press Kieran for a prediction, um, but I think you'd taken away point and put yeah. everything for the home match. 
Yeah, big, big game, isn't it? You know, it's clearly clearly going to be one of us going into that playoff against whoever finishes top of the of the northern the northern Premier the northern league, you know, whatever it is. We we, we drew with I was oh, sorry, lost one nil in the cup a couple of weeks ago. Moment of quality, I guess, from Southampton. So it's a big, big game. We have a little predictions league that you and me are involved in with some other mates, and I predicted a one-one draw. I think it's the, the you know it's, it's the game where you take a point, isn't it? Without without a shadow yeah. of a doubt. And then it all yep. comes down to the big game in April, the penultimate game of the season, where we get them back at the Gold Star. Indeed, yeah, and hopefully lots of people are in attendance. Talking of attendance, you were in attendance. See how I'd done that? Just off, Effortless. it's not even in the script. Effortless. You're in attendance at Boundary Park on Tuesday. Talk to us about your experience there, having seen an Ipswich Town FA Cup win, a very rare thing in the last 10, 15 years. Very, very rare. Yeah, it was okay. Like me and Ben discussed last night, you know, we made hard work of it. The first 20 to 30 minutes, we were pretty poor, real lack of intensity, lack of pressing, lack of urgency, really. We were happy to sort of just sit back and Oldham were pinging the balls out to the to the wide positions and they were getting a lot of joy getting in around the back and getting balls across the uh, the six-yard box. They fully deserved to go 1-0 up. They should have gone 1-0 up slightly earlier. Big save from Walton. So we could have no complaints that we, uh, you know, when we conceded the goal from the, from the set piece. Then it was a complete gift, a, a very thankful gift obviously for Chaplin to get us back in the game and then in the second half again it was a bit sort of meh every kind of everyone kind of felt it was petering out to the inevitable extra time and possibly penalties and it just took an absolute moment of quality from El Mazzuni, didn't it? You know, he picks the ball up, nobody closes him down. The technique is absolutely phenomenal. I assumed in real time it must have deflected because the keeper didn't move or anything. But as, as, as soon as you watch it back, you know, it's just an absolute hell of a strike. So an absolute genius moment to win it. And the important thing, like Cook said afterwards, it was disjointed. But the most important thing is we're uh, still in the cup with Barrow at home to come, which is a, you know, a really winnable tie. And then hopefully maybe get a big boy in the, uh, in the third round in January. But yeah, the, the result was the most important thing. And I guess, Good to get minutes into the likes of Piggott, you know, and uh, and good to see Clemens continue his uh, his little run of left back. Yeah. Uh, any uh, anxiety, nerves at all about you're off to Sunderland, which we're going to talk <clears> about <throat> in detail. It's it's not it's another game where I mean Oxford was an okay performance. We talked about that on the flagship last week, but struggling against the likes of Oldham and and Cole U was a bit of a slog as well. Any any nerves or anxiousness about that? Um, I mean, it's, it's it's a big game, isn't it? I guess these, you know, a point against Oxford in a, in a normal season isn't a bad result, but we've got to take into account the poor start we've had. So we really need to start beating some of these teams to start clawing back points on them. I mean, our record at Sunderland, me and Ben discussed it last night, our record at Sunderland is pretty, pretty abysmal. I remember seeing a win there with you in 2018, was it? When, yeah, that Joey Garner, yeah. I think, and Freddie Sears might have scored. But That was the Sunderland to like I, Chris Coleman yeah. era, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I can't think of any other wins we've had up there. You know, we always seem to lose up there. So I'll be honest, if you, if you offered me a point right now, we'll do predictions at the end, but if you offer me a point right now, I'd I'd snap your hand off. I guess we can't really use Oldham and uh, and, and, and Cole you as outliers because the, the personnel will obviously change. You know, we'll go back to the, the what is now the established starting eleven. So you've got to hope that when the, the, the fitter players come back in and the ones who've been playing week in, week out and sort of know what's expected of them a little bit more and the, the, and the patterns of play, we might look to get a, uh, a an improved result. I mean, We'll, we'll discuss Sunderland in a minute that they are not in good form in the slightest. So it's a it's a real opportunity for us to go there. And I guess with the wins that we've had against Portsmouth away, Wickham away, so far this season, we have managed to turn up at uh, opposing grounds, you know, in the big games and, and and make a difference. But, you know, I'm always cautious with, with, with Sunderland because they are well, they're the biggest team in the league, let's be honest. Yeah, well, yeah, more, more to that in, in a second. I mean, we, just finishing off the bits and pieces of news, um, good news for Janoy Danassian. He signed a contract extension, um, con- was out of contract in the summer, will now stay for another season and the club has an option on that as well. Um, 
he's earned that, hasn't he, Seb? Absolutely. Really, really well deserved. I mean, if you'd have said in pre-season that Janoi Dinasen would be the first choice right back, we all would have assumed that Vincent Young was injured, but he's absolutely deserves it. You know, he's in there on merit. He's come in, taken his chance. He's added some attacking, you know, play to his game. He's got a few assists and it's really, really well deserved. He was, uh, he spent his time, you know, out on loan at various clubs when Lambert didn't rate him. And I guess it's frustrating looking back, you know, if Lambert had given him a chance when Vincent Young was out injured and we hadn't toyed around with Edwards at, at right back, you never know if it could have made a difference, but fully well well-deserved, really, really happy for him. He seems to be a, a really good guy around the place, doesn't he? All the mm. all the media and all the players say he's a really good influence in the dressing room, so fully deserved, and I'm really glad he's here to stay. Well done, the Don. Yeah, well, that, that's a good bit of news. And finally, we need to talk about um, PackOutPR, hashtag PackOutPR. Lots of excellent um, fan-based initiatives happening in the last week or so. Um, lots more springing up as well, so keep an eye on social media because I know lots of people are now gifting the extra tickets they've got a season ticket holders and all that stuff as well. So um, keep an eye on what's going on there. Um, but we're, we're saying whilst we're packing out Portman Road, we're also packing out away ends. Seb, you are one of 2,000 supporters making their way up to the Stadium of Light on the weekend. And if you are making that trip while listening to us, um, safe journey, safe travels, and um, we hope you bring us back three points. And um, the club have secured another 645 seats for the away game at Charlton, um, which now makes the total making the trip to South London 3,159. It's pretty impressive stuff, isn't it, Seb? Yeah, crazy, especially on a Tuesday night. It just shows how we've kind of almost fallen in love back with the side. And, you know, we know every single time we go, we're going to be entertained. We had so many years of dross, didn't we? You know, how many nil-nils did we do as as post-match reaction shows last season after watching on iFollow? You know, this season, there's a real, real, real great feel around the club at the moment, backed up with all the pack-out PR and, the, and people's incredible generosity with, with donating tickets and stuff. And there's just a really, really good vibe, and that's being reflected in the away attendances because we know we're going to get a decent 90 minutes. Okay, we might not win but we know we're going to see good football we're probably going to see a lot of goals and it's it's great to see isn't it after so many years in the doldrums yeah and and to be fair we even traveled in decent numbers when we were mediocre under lambert as well so this is no surprise but just the volume now and even 2000 up to sunland is pretty good going and you're right in the gods as well so yeah. our away sport has always a massive credit and hopefully as we said before paul Monroe will be filled to bursting over the Christmas period as well. That's your lot on the news. Let's talk about the main event. And I, my headline for Sunderland, Seb, whether you, let's see whether you agree with this or not, is there's a lot of similarities with Ipswich in lots of different ways. Admittedly, you're going to tell us about the form in the league in a second, but in terms of the style of play, the mm. tactics, yep. maybe some of the deficiencies, the ability for the attacking players to float around and move and um, change positions, perhaps reliance on one striker to score the goals. I'm seeing a lot of similarities apart from the league position um, with us and Sunderland agree, disagree, and maybe link that into the form that they're in at the moment. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. You know, they, they they're very settled in their formation, as are we. They um they have a couple of injuries, which you know we we have a bit of that as well. We're we're all reliant on one guy up front to score the vast majority of the goals. So there are an awful lot of similarities. I think there's a bit of unrest amongst their fans that there's no plan B, which I guess we've had level to cook every now and again as well in in games when it's not gone our way. So the similarities are there, and I mean, I guess you know if you if you if you plotted both clubs as well over the last what 10, 15 years since they were 
finishing seventh in the Premier League and we were finishing fifth. You know, we've both just been on this downward trajectory due to poor ownership and stuff. And I guess, you know, they were bought out last February, about two months before our, our buyout went through. So I guess you've got to be thinking the same kind of mindset as ourselves, that they're hoping for better days ahead. But yeah, there are, there are an awful lot of similarities between us at the moment, aren't there? And Lee Johnson was only appointed a couple of months before December, well. wasn't it? Yeah, December in, December go. 2020 and Cook comes in. in was it the end of February, March time, I think it was? Yeah. So there's a, yeah, an awful lot of similarities. You've got a, a manager sort of trying to find his feet. They did, John's did better last season. They managed to finish in the playoffs, didn't they? Obviously, whereas we, we fell away a little bit. Um, but, um, but yeah, the, the similarities are there are striking. That said, you know, Lee Johnson does come with this reputation of, of streaky Lee. We saw it at Bristol City where he can have these runs where he'll win a load of games and suddenly when something turns and they start losing. It always reminds me of football manager. You know, when like you'd be doing really well and then one thing would change and suddenly you'd lose six or seven on the bounce and have absolutely no idea how to turn it around. And your team, your coach says, oh, you should do a team meeting to boost morale. (laughs) You do a team meeting and it goes terribly wrong. Yeah, or they recommend a formation change and then you try it and then you lose five and then in the next game or something, conceding after 40 seconds. Rage quit. (laughs) Yeah. So they (laughs) are, you know, they're not, they are not in good form. Lost three in the league, uh, lost in the FA Cup as well to Mansfield. I think they drew, they draw against Bradford in the, in the Papa John's as well. So they are not in good form going into this game, which which does make it a real, real opportunity for us, doesn't it? Yeah, and uh, and they'd ha- they had started so well. I mean, the, the home form is pretty They're good decent, home, yeah. but you're going to tell me about um, a bit of a surprise defeat recently as well, which maybe raises some doubts. Yeah, so they're very good at home, obviously. So played seven so far this season, one six, only lost one. But that one nil, that, that one loss was a one nil at home to Charlton just after Charlton sacked Nigel Adkins. So it's Johnny Jackson's first game. And I think that's the definition of a coupon buster. I actually had a bet on an accumulator that day. And I thought Sunderland had nailed on at home, one or six so far this season, Charlton in disarray. But no, Charlton turned up and beat them one nil. So, you know, they're, they're, they're very, very strong at home. Not great away from home, pretty average mid-table kind of form. They've played eight, won three, drawn one and lost four. And their record against the so-called big boys isn't that amazing either. They lost 4-0 at Pompey, 5-1 at Rotherham, 3-0 at Sheffield Wednesday. They beat Wickham, but that was quite early on in the season. So they're not amazing when they come up against one of the division's bad boys, which kind of reminded me of us under Lambert. Do you remember all those times we were ruthlessly efficient against the lower league sides? How many, you know, 2-0 victories against the Rochdales and that kind of thing of the, of the league? And then every time we came up against a supposed big boy, we uh, we always kind of struggled. And it, it just reminded me of that. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And, and the thing is as well, with these defeats to the the, the top top teams in the division, admittedly these are... These are away defeats, but they are big away defeats as well. Yeah, and perhaps it's, some it's not narrow, is it? Tactical naivety on Lee Johnson's part there, and um, behind that maybe. Um, but at home, a, a different prospect. Um, worth just finishing off the situation there. Obviously, finished fourth last season and lost in the playoffs. Quite a surprise. I, I watched the second leg against Lincoln, and Lincoln did a really good job on them at stadium of light there and charlie white was the key man um 26 goals and 45 apps he he's disappeared off to wigged i think it is we'll talk about the ins and outs in a second aiden mcgidi though you can still find him he's hanging around he was the king of the assists last season was 16 um but perhaps... he was brought back in wasn't he by johnson johnson brought him back in from yeah. the cold parkinson didn't play him at all i don't know why but um yeah he came back in then he signed a new deal for, for for this season as well so you know he's such a key player in this league uh, i don't know what went on with him and phil parkinson but as soon as lee johnson came and he restored him on that left hand side and he was he was rewarded with all the assists and all the goals wasn't he powers may be waning though i don't want to jinx it and he's not my man to watch i haven't got one this week actually 
but um, sent off a few weeks ago. And from what I was reading with Sunderland fans, Couple to of try knocks. and make an impact, he generally gives a bad foul and maybe even a red card. So um, maybe not at the height of his powers anymore, but certainly at this level, as you say, capable of doing some damage. You mentioned our record against Sunderland. I mean, overall, head-to-head, home and away, uh, it's not. It's pretty even, actually. 23 wins each and eight draws. Only two of those in the FA Cup in quite recent years, actually. Definitely recall the FA Cup um, in the 2000-2001 season, as it was. Where yeah. we got smashed 4-1, four, four was it? I think, yeah, I think it wasn't there a game under Joe Royal as well. A couple of years later, I think we lose a well at Portman Road. 2-1, I think, maybe. 2003-2004, I think. Check. I think we lose yeah. in the FA Cup. Today. Oh, no, it was only 1-0 yeah. in the FA Cup in 2001. I may be confusing the league game, but yeah. And as I say, quite a lot of those 23 wins each and eight draws are in the league. We've never played them in the League Cup, interestingly. I don't know whether that's interesting or not. But as you said, only one win at the Stadium of Light. They've been there since 1997. So, yeah. yeah. Not a happy hunting ground, you know, but but like we keep saying, the opportunity is there, you know, they're under a little bit of pressure. It would be quite easy. We've all seen the Sunderland Till I Die documentary. If you can make the crowd turn, they, they, they will turn and it can be quite can be quite ferocious, can't it? So, you know, if we can keep the ball or score early or, or dominate possession, then hopefully we might start to get the locals angry, which will then translate to nerves on the pitch for Sunderland because they're under pressure. This is their fourth season. I know it's our third season. This is their fourth season down here. And we all assumed, like, like we did with us, that we would bounce straight back. And I assumed they would bounce straight back but I know they've been unlucky in the playoffs but they're you know they they, they can't spend much more time down here they've got this big billionaire owner but they uh, yeah. they're a club that really need to be moving up the pyramid aren't they they do and yeah the uh, you tw- the owners 24 24 year old billionaire what were you doing yeah. at 24 yeah it's probably that picture you've got on Seb's fact of the week at 24 <laughs> I'd imagine yeah, not not doing what he, whatever he was doing. To have, maybe he's maybe he's got rich parents. I think probably he's part of a dynasty or something like that. So maybe maybe that's a factor there. D- talking back about performances at the stadium, like we were pretty unlucky actually. Um, the season was it nineteen twenty possibly yeah, we when we go, were up yeah, there. Yeah, well, we we dominated in the first half and we you know we should have scored. scored. Yeah, absolutely. The, the game was there for the taking, but I think I remember saying on the podcast at halftime, you said, "Ah, oh, we we've got this one in the bag. We can't possibly throw it away now. We're playing so well." And then, as always, we came out in the second half and we were awful, and we just sat back for forty five minutes. And they they scored quite late, didn't they? I think they scored past the eightieth minute, but like as soon as it as soon as it went in, it was yeah. over, wasn't it? It was sucker punch. Well, it wasn't even a sucker punch at that point, was it? Um, so we talked about the. Oh, you know, we talked about our record, Lee Johnson, we briefly mentioned. How old do you think Lee Johnson is, by the way? I know uh, the Early 40s, 42, he's 43. He's, he's only 40, 40 is he? Yeah. He's quite young, isn't he? He, he feels like been he's been around, around forever. For, yeah, he does, I guess, but he was at Bristol City for so long. He's got a decent points per game record there. He's got, you know, he's been in charge since last December, played 60, won 34, drawn 12, lost 14. 1.9 points per game across the season. You know, that's got to be, what, second place, 87, 88 points? Yeah, well, there you go. Well, he needs to. We need to see how long their streak goes, and hopefully, we can yeah. continue it because that's the issue, isn't it? They probably win lots and don't draw too many. Let's talk about personnel then, Seb. Um, how many? Nine arrivals. Yeah. Um, four permanents, five loans. Alex Pritchards, Corey Evans, probably the pick of those two. I've singled out Elliot Embleton, who was a loan at Blackpool last season, two goals and four assists, I think, for for them, and he's. Come in and well is, is like a new player. Yeah, he did um, well. They did this weird thing where they seem to be loaning players out to divisional rivals. We'll come on to the departures in a minute because they've done it again this season with Will Grigg. But yeah, it, it, it's strange. They don't mind loaning people out. I guess they don't perceive the clubs they loan them out to as a threat. But I guess with Blackpool, it came back to bite them properly, didn't it? 
Yeah, well, Alex yeah. Pritchard is the big one, isn't he? He's the, he's the big yeah. transfer. You know, God, he went from Spurs to Norwich for big money. What was it? Eight and a half million quid. Then Norwich to Huddersfield for 11 million quid. Uh, and now he went on a free this summer to, to Sunderland. So, yeah, you know, it shows how things can change so quickly in football. Uh, made five starts this season. Started around a third of the games. Only one assist so far this year. But he would probably be wanting to put one over on us if he's fit. He, there yeah. is some doubts about him. There are. He's done the post the pre-match quotes this morning. I saw as he come out saying this is a massive game and we need to be winning this and stuff. So he's already sort of stoked the fire. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. A little bit. And some familiar names departed in summer as well. One, one retired who we know all about. Yeah, Grant Ledbetter moved on. So, you know, he, uh, I think he went back there, was it two years ago? I think it was in the, the COVID curtailed season. He went back there from Middlesbrough. Uh, he retired last summer. And they just seems to have lost a lot of experience. You know, Josh Scowin, they signed him from QPR, I think it was. He's gone to Wickham. Max Power and Charlie White were big losses. Both went to Wigan on free transfers. I think we were linked with both in the early days of the transfer window, weren't we? I know we had the issue with White a couple of years ago as well. We were linked with him then, but, um, but they chose to go to, up to Wigan. Chris Maguire, who played out on the, he was sort of could play as a centre forward or he could play out on the right wing he went to Lincoln on a free Remy Matthews is now the number two goalie at Crystal Palace uh, and Will Grigg like I just said a minute ago um, helping out uh, lo- other clubs in the same division he's been loaned to Rotherham and we all saw I'm sure the Sunderland Till I Die documentary where it's Stuart Donald sat on transfer deadline day saying oh, oh I want him I'm I not going him. above two and then somehow he bids four million and it never worked did it Will Grigg and you know, everyone's it, telling him not to do it don't as well. do it Every- yeah. I remember Jack Ross saying he's not that he's yeah. There's like this this level here. He's not that kind of player, and he I think he smashes it like double what Jack Ross said he was worth. It's kind of like yeah, um, it's, when it's, um, it's Simon Clegg signed Thomas Briskin for twice the money that Roy Keane <laughs> thought he was worth. And Michael Leary always mentions it as well. By the way, in the Q and A's, okay. every time he talks about spending money wisely in the transfer market, he says we could we could be one of those teams that just chucks money at one a random player. But um, and how is set seven starts, two goals from Rotherham? I guess is. Yeah, he went to, yeah. I think, did he go to MK Dons last year as well, I think, out on loan. Yes, so, you know, I mean, for four million quid, they're going to be paying him a, a decent chunk of wage as well. So I guess they're in a scenario now where they just want him as much wage recoup as they can get to, to come in with the, the, the profit and sustainability rules. Mm. So 
there's the personnel. We'll talk about the lineup and the team in a second. In terms of style of play and, and the kind of uh, what we what we can expect from a Lee Johnson team, well, it's no surprises really. Um, goals, possession, but there's that defensive frailty there. Um, you've kind of picked out 25 goals scored so far. That's the ninth best in the division. So not amazing. Um, average 10 shots per game, 50-50 on target, off target. Um, but to me, the stat that, that I kind of singled out, which was interesting to me, was the amount of shots they concede per game. Yeah. Only Gillingham, Crew, Morecambe have conceded higher than them. 14, on average, 14 shots conceded per game. I mean, they have said, been on the on the back end of some beatings, as we mentioned at the start, but 21 goals conceded, uh, one and a half goals per game-ish. Is that what you're... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they not we, great, we, is we, it? And that probably no. tells the story, doesn't it? Yeah, we will get chances against them. You know, that kind of sums up why they're seventh in the league. You know, they you're not going to get anywhere near the top, the top echelons of the of the of the division with with figures like that. Are you? That shows they are they are there for the taking. There will be opportunities created, and it's important that our players on the day, the three behind uh, Macaulay, Bon, and Bon himself, if they get those chances, just be clinical and take them because they will present offers to us. Yeah, and fifty two point seven percent possession is, yeah, is pretty, pretty good yeah. most of those short passes as well yeah. key passes tend to be short 86% of their key passes I, I never looked up what a definition of a key a key pass is but I'm sure it's important and I'm sure it matters um, 86% though tend to be short attack down the wings no surprises there mostly down the right hand side when they're at home um, well, that will become clear in a second when we talk about personnel You've kind of remarked here, Seb, through balls, but it's it's possession, isn't it? It's patient possession. Yeah. And then keep keep the ball in your own half and then look for that killer ball, you know, get the likes of Embleton involved and that killer ball through to to Ross Stewart, who is proving clinical so far this year. Yep. And formation wise, is this going to be a match? Yeah, it's a guarantee four two three one. They've done it in in fourteen out of the fifteen league games so far this season. The other one was a four three three, which is basically the same. You just position a central midfielder slightly differently, don't you? So he's very very much wedded to this, very much like what Cook is. You know, there is no real kind of kind of plan B. Um, yeah, I think he did play two up front at one point, Broadhead and Stewart up front, but it, but it, it will be Ross Stewart. He, he's, he's had a doubt with a is it a shoulder injury, but yeah, I'm sure he'll be back as the as the, as the lone striker and the focal point of the team. And this is what I was reading. They played played two from once, I think it was. I don't know if, it, if we, might, we might have missed that one in our research. Broadhead and Stewart are up front, and I think they beat Cheltenham 5-0 playing that system. But it was similar to the kind of clamour for two up front that we had and Paul Cook had. I don't know whether we were all privy to that or party to that suggestion. Um, but you're right, I think it's going to be the one up front. Yeah. Particularly against us, I mean, there's weaker opposition. You could afford maybe to do two up front, but yeah, don't no, very, you know. very much going to be a match up for two lots of four, two, three, one. And hopefully, we won't cancel each other out. I did like it last week when you and Craig were discussing the Oxford game, and you said there's definitely going to be goals in it, etc. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to curse anything based on no. what you guys said last I, week. Oh, and in my head, I'm thinking it's going to be nil nil. It's going to be nil nil, and I should have put money on it. Always the way there should have been. I mean, yeah, there were chances, but yeah, we were not on a, we won't try and do too many of those kind of dramatic kind of irony kind of you know set things up to fail talking through the the team then Seb because there's a um starting from um back to front I know Lee Burge is there's quite a few ex-Coventry alumni there Lee Burge being one Jordan Willis I think the right back is still there but 
not really featuring, but um, he's had a bad injury. He did his cruciate, I think, in the summer, so he's out or, or, or late last season, so he's out for the for the entire season. So, I mean, it, it's pretty easy, I think. Obviously, we don't know injury news, but it's pretty easy to predict the side. To be honest with you, you're looking at Ron Hoffner in goal. He's played ten out of the fifteen games so far this season. Only twenty two years old, so quite young and quite inexperienced. On loan from Bayern Munich, um, as you just mentioned, Lee Burge there is the other option, but he's only played three times this year, so I think he's firmly the the backup. The fullbacks are where they've got issues. So they have they signed Niall Huggins in the uh, in the summer uh, but he got a bad injury at the end of August and I think he's out till after Christmas and Denver Holm was the left back who I think has got an ankle injury and is out for a couple of months now so they've lost their first choice right back so uh, and, and left back so what they've done is they've shifted a guy called Carl Winchester from central midfield to uh, uh, to right back whenever I hear his name I think of the far show Do you remember Ed Winchester hi oh, I'm, of... I'm Carl Winchester I was, I was thinking of the Winchester pub in Shaun of the Dead Oh, okay, yeah, wait for it all to blow over. Um, so he's gone to right back, and he's doing pretty well, to be honest with you. He's got three goals, one assist. He started every game there, so he's doing uh, he's doing pretty decently. Uh, Dennis Kirkin is the other one who's playing on the left. Now, he's a sort of a kid they signed from Spurs Academy in the summer. He's got two assists, um, but Denver Holm was the, the fully established current left back before the injury, so he's kind of being thrown in a bit of the deep end there. Centre-backs, they've got a guy on loan from Man City, Callum Doyle, only 18 years old, but he started pretty much most, I think he's 12 or 13 of the of the league game so clearly he's very highly rated and they must be seeing something really really good in him and the other centre-back is likely I would think to be Tom Flanagan uh, he sat with the suspension he had an injury at the start of the season but it's likely he'll be the uh, the other centre-back if not it'll be Bailey Wright who obviously Lee Johnson knows very well from his time at uh, at Bristol City but I think it'll be Flanagan and Doyle in the middle Winchester on the right and uh, and Kirkin on the uh, on the left hand side. The two sitters in midfield will be Daniel Neal, uh, come through the academy, started thirteen of the fifteen games, and Luke O'Nine. I remember Luke O'Nine in the in the Sunderland documentary came across really well. I think they yeah, signed him from Wickham, and he came across as a really really good guy. You know, he, he he was one of those where he felt he got that move to a big club. And I remember he was painting seats with the with the fans and stuff at one point. So good to see him doing well. He seems like a decent guy. He can play in quite a lot of positions. He's, he can play as a right back defensive midfielder or slightly more advanced if you want to but th- but this mm. season he started 14 of the 15 games in that central midfield too just acting as the defensive screen for the um uh, for the centre backs, Corey Evans uh, is the captain uh, when he plays. One of the summer arrivals, and then it's the three behind the striker and the striker where they really, really got some some decent options, isn't it? You know, we've already discussed uh, Aidan McGeady on the left. Twelve out of fifteen games so far this season, two goals, four assists. But he is an injury doubt, so hopefully he won't be fit. If he isn't fit, I assume that Aidan O'Brien, the guy they signed from Millwall, yeah. is likely to come in and take his place again. Another really, really good quality player at this level. On the right, Lyndon Gooch. I always like Lyndon Gooch. I, I, I'm sure he hit the post against us a couple of years ago. He went on like a mazy run, if I remember rightly, up against, I think it was Miles Kenlock, or it might have been the uh, the guy on loan from Preston. I'm not sure, but I, uh, I always like him. I always think he's a decent player, American. Uh, he's been of injury prone had a month out but he's come back in and started the last three only one assist so far this season uh, but I think he'll be on the right hand side and then the guy from Blackpool who came back from Blackpool Elliot Embleton is likely to be the uh, uh, the central attacking midfielder two goals three assists so far this year Sunderland Academy prospect and he had his uh, he had his year out of Blackpool last year and did very very well I'm just uh, our script which we've written in advance I don't know if this is an autocorrect or something else Elliot Emblazon is what we've called him so um Let's hopefully he doesn't emblazon himself on the match um, on Saturday. Um, a name that um, has, I guess would have caught the eye because he's on loan from Union Berlin and he's made a contribution largely from the bench, I guess. Um, two goals 
from two starts and four subs appearances is Leon Dejaku. He can play anywhere. But Alex yeah. Pritchard, we mentioned him. He can play anywhere yep, as anywhere. well. You mentioned and so can Aiden O'Brien, can't they? They've got that. They've got that flexibility. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. So there is that. There is that ability for them to kind of do the cup and balls trick and move people around if they want. And we, uh, Aiden McGeady, we do think is a, is a doubt. Um, but you're you're probably right that Aiden O'Brien would likely come in. He'd slot in on the left, wouldn't he? Yeah, I assume so. Yeah. And then up front, I, I mean, it's all about the attack, yeah. the main, the main guy, isn't it? There, equivalent of Macaulay Bond. It's uh, Ross Stewart come through. Uh, came, came from Ross County in 2018. Uh, unremarkable first couple of years there. A couple of goals in 11 games last season, uh, and this year he's just really taking his chance. I guess with the likes of Wyke and Grigg and Maguire moving on, he's been given the opportunity, and he, he's not looked back. Has he? Ten goals. So far this season, he's only one behind Macaulay Bond. Uh, three in the six-yard box, seven in the penalty area. So he's a bit of a, a fox in the box, a bit of a poacher. And he's doing really, really well. He's not great in the air. Uh, he's not over, Sorry, he's reasonable in the air, but he's not overly quick or overly strong. Um, I guess he's one where they uh, they look for those through balls, really, to put him in. And, and, and so far this season, he's really, really taking his chances. He was, however, injured, though, wasn't he? He didn't play against Mansfield in the, or uh, Bradford in the Papa John's. Yeah, so, it's I think a weird it one, a, isn't it, this injury? Yeah, he's kind of got bundled over. Uh, yeah, some advertising awnings, I think it was. It was a shoulder injury, wasn't it? So fingers crossed, he won't make it. But I think all the media up there are, are expecting him to play. So you know, they're yeah, going to inject him with something apparently painkiller yeah, infections for, for this level of game. But you I'm, never pick. On, you never pick those on football manager, do you? Have you no, ever? Have you never. ever done that, that option? It's always I've the physio or to, the doctor, isn't it? Yeah, I've never asked them to play through the pain bar. I did it once, and they got really moved. Well, the options there, and that's what Lee Johnson will do. Um, probably to get to see them through. And it's a if, if he is game. out, if if yeah, if Ross Stewart is out, it would likely be Nathan Broadhead up front. Uh, he's on loan at them from Everton. He's made one start, four sub appearances, but not scored so far this season. He's very much the 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 Joe Piggott to their to the Macaulay Bond. You know, same sort of scenario. He's uh, very much the reserve player, but he'll be the natural one to come in if Ross Stewart for any reason doesn't make it. Yep, yep. So that's the that's the lineup then. Um, do you want to give us? Um some insights we'll do some predictions in a second but um you've got you've done some research haven't you on on Sunderland I don't know if this is about the city or the football club but let's put the music on anyway brilliant uh, right, fact of the week. Sunderland are the only team in England to have won a major trophy during the reigns of every single monarch that has been on the English throne since organised football began. They won three league titles under Queen Victoria, one league title under Edward VII, one league title under George V, one league title on the brief reign of Edward VIII, an FA Cup under George V, and an FA Cup under Elizabeth II. No other team has ever done that. So every monarch they've won a, 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 some sort of trophy under since organised football began. Brilliant. That's great. That's a I good fact. So. Well and they are also the most recent side, sorry, the most recent champions of England to wear stripes, 1936. Double bubble. Love it. There you go. Seb's fact of the week. I feel like I need to bookend it with the music again. I can't, I, I've got nothing more to say apart from excellent factage. So looking ahead for, I'm just going to keep going as if that never happened, that music. Um, What's your thoughts, predictions about um, the lineup that you're expecting to see 
um, in Sunderland on Saturday. Um, Bailey Clements left back. It's probably one of the questions. Not sure. Selena versus Chaplin's also a big question for me. Um, yeah, what would you do? On, on the left, I got. Yeah, I mean, I did this with Ben before the Oldham game two weeks ago, and I got one right out of the entire eleven. So surely I can improve on that record. I mean, Walton will continue in goal, obviously. Danassian right back. I would think it will be Enciala and it will be uh, Edmondson as the centre-backs. And I guess, do you go, if Coulson's fit, does he come back in? With Paul Cook, we never know, do we, where where people are at. Bailey Clements did well against Oxford, by all accounts. I wasn't there, but he did struggle a bit on uh, on Tuesday night, but he had no protection from the, the guys in front of him. So I guess if you're going to play Bailey Clements, you kind of have to play Carl Edwards at left midfield to give him that natural that natural bit of protection and shielding. Uh, the midfield two will pick itself. It'll be Morsey and Evans. Morsey is now on four yellow cards, isn't he? So he's one away from a suspension. So hopefully that won't kick in for Rotherham. Um, and then personally, I'd play Chaplin as the 10. Burns on the right, Chaplin as the 10. Edwards on the left, and obviously Macaulay Bond up front. I just think Chaplin, I don't, I don't know, you know, Selena, Selena's the big name player and he's had some big moments this season. But when he's off it, like he was against Oxford, you know, he kind of... He he can either be brilliant or he can really, really struggle. Whereas I think Chaplin might offer a little bit more in terms of his energy and he's looking to get forward and support Macaulay Bond. So I would personally go Chaplin in the number 10 behind Bond. Yeah, I think I agree with that as well. I, I part, Burns didn't have the greatest of games on Saturday, but I think he's got got to play. Played right back, didn't he, against Oldham? Yeah, he was, he was all right. He was okay. His crossing wasn't amazing on the night. Aluko played well ahead of him. So I guess Aluko is the natural other option. But, yeah, you know, that's... Burns has got that explosive pace. He's got the good understanding with Bond. So I'd always have him in there personally. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, do I ask you for a prediction or do you just want to give me a match outcome prediction? I, I'm going for a two-all personally. Um, there'll be goals. I think this will be the curse when it like you did last week. I, th- I think there'll be goals. Obviously, you know they're conceding an average of 1.4 per game. We're scoring freely, so I think there'll be goals in it. And I think two-all. Okay, I was thinking two-all, but I'm going to be different. And I'm and because you've mentioned it so many times now, I'm, I'm going to say nil-nil. There you go. I do think I, I think it'll be a draw. Two two nil-nils on the bounce in the league. Surely yeah, not. I, I I just am not massively impressed with our attacking threat at the moment and now okay. admittedly we hit the post twice against Oxford and we scored twice against Oldham um, and I, I just wonder whether it's time I think Bon has had a really great run in the team and I just worry that we don't have a, a ready replacement for him obviously Piggott's still getting up to fitness and is a good footballer in his own right I, I, and I'm not saying start him on Saturday, but I do think Bond possibly needs a bit of a break. Okay, um, yeah. Hopefully, he he gets you know he scores on Saturday. That that's the ideal situation. But I do think we're putting a lot of our eggs in the Macaulay Bond basket. And I just worry that's a bit of a it's a bit of a pressure on him. And as the Ipswich boy, one of our own, I wonder whether he feels that pressure as well. And whether he's just a bit exhausted, do you know what I mean? But yeah, maybe. I mean, he's, yeah, he was rested, wasn't he? He didn't play against uh, uh, obviously Oldham of the night, so he had a bit of a rest there. But I, I see what you're saying. His style Mentally of play, exhausted, will, maybe. Yeah, his style of play as well will naturally, you know, cause him to be be knackered because he, he puts himself around so much. He's it always does. pressing, always running, isn't he? So yeah, I guess we need Pickett to get up to speed and have a couple of games against Arsenal under 21s and Barrow in the cup for a, a few more minutes and and hopefully provide a different option because you know. Jackson can't play that role. We know that, and Norwood's out of the picture, isn't he? So, I guess we're we're kind of relying on him until until Pig gets up to, to the full speed. Yep. Yeah. Well, there you go. We've predicted a draw. We hope we're wrong, and there's an Ipswich win. But we always glass half empty. Then you lower your expectations, and then when something good happens, you're much happier about it. So, 
that's what we're going for. Um, thank you, Seb, for some excellent research, some bits of information there for all of us, I'm sure. Everyone well prepared for what we have to face against Sunderland. Um, in terms of bits and pieces of other information you need to know, bluemondayitfc.co.uk, uh, where you can find all of our details, all of our socials, all of our audio feed, our YouTube feed. If you want to support the um, podcast financially with a donation, all the details are on there. Thank you to the folks who um, who donated, I think, Bits and Gary, was it, I think, on yeah, yeah. Wednesday night. So thank you to them. And we every few weeks, we update the end credits with everyone's names who supported us. And we'll probably flip it around at some point and say thank you properly as well. So um, if you want to do that, we're massively appreciative. It just helps us do more and more stuff. So um, hopefully you guys see the benefit of that and we do appreciate it. Um, episode 502 will be the flagship show on Sunday with as many of our team as we can muster. It might be um, that Seb, you drop out, but you've had two appearances this week though, haven't you? I have. I'm in, I'm in negotiations with the other half to, to see if I can make an opinion. We have plans on, on Sunday night, which I'm trying to, to rearrange. So fingers Just crossed cameo. To, to make we a can, cameo appearance. Maybe with a pre-record something. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Um, so 5.02 um, out on Monday morning as usual. And then next week, um, we'll see what we can do about Rotherham post-match game. Obviously for away games, it's much easier. Um, you might, prefer to do Wednesday so we'll let you know about that but usual pre-match show flagship next week worth also also mentioning our interview with Mark Donaldson from ESPN still available to watch the book Paul Mariner my uh, my rock and roll football life is it story I always get that the, the words wrong on that one um, the book is out in the Planet Blue store now though so you can buy it now and then you can meet Mark there's a signing on Tuesday before the game I think it kicks off half five quarter to six something yeah, like five, that half five in Planet Blue isn't it so yeah, do if you're not aware of that situation, what's going on there, and um, and want to find out a little bit more about the book, um, do listen again to that. We had some really excellent feedback, so thank you to that. Mark was super generous. I really didn't have to do much, um, which is always good for me as an interviewer. Um, some really fascinating insights onto the process and um, working with Paul, obviously, and then he revealed some of these excellent um, Ipswich Town anecdotes. So uh, uh, yeah, a must for Ipswich fans. Yeah. Young and old, I would say. The book, um, Paul Marin and My Rock and Roll Football Story, um, out now in Planet Blue. We've also sent a link. If you can't go to Planet Blue in person or ITFC shop, um, there's another link as well. So all that's of that stuff. For the, uh, that's my playlist for the drive tomorrow. I must say as well, whilst I hate to give you credit, really, really well done with that interview. It was superb. And also the uh, football manager one you did with Joe. Uh, that's really, really Indeed, interesting yeah. as well. I mean, I've been playing football manager for years. I'm a big, big fan of it. But I strongly recommend people go back and have a listen to that because some of the stuff I learned was, was really, really good. So a big plug for that as well. Oh, Two excellent nice. interviews. Well done. You can stop being nice to me now because we have to go and face off in Football Room 101. And just catching folk up where we are. I oh, come on, our faces are very rapidly there, don't I? Um, Craig won last week, blah, blah, blah. He, he did a two for one. I think that's cheating. Um, and because Seb um, has not done as many rounds as I have. We've got the same amount of points, Seb, but you've done one points less. Points per game. So yeah. points per game, I've kind of... I mean, on points per game, you should be... Craig should be Craig first. Craig should be top, shouldn't he? Yeah. I do whatever I want. I, I'm the one who's got open <laughs> controls. Not the table, it looks like. Um, but Craig has had another good week. He's one. For, he's got three out of three. He's doing really well. We need to figure out how to beat 
Craig, but you well, we are now top of the league. We about Streaky Lee earlier, didn't we? You're on a bit of a bad run of form with these, oh, aren't you? I'm surprised you got rid of it as a feature. I was expecting you to text saying, no, that's it. Get rid of it. Call it all off. I thought I did. I did, I did text that. Oh, did you? Yeah, okay, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> New feature. If I don't win this week, no pressure. It's and gone. everyone's now going to vote for you because this is how it works. I, as soon as I say something, people hear it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, you know, I could say anything in Football Room 101. You know, I could put in, you know, I, I'm, I don't I don't want to go there. I don't want to go negative. Oh, yeah, um, let's it. be positive. Yeah. Let's keep the, lift the mood. Do you want to go first or second? No, nope, you can go first tonight. I want to offer up for Football Room 101 undisclosed transfer fees. I just don't get it. Actually, I do get it. I know exactly what undisclosed transfer fees are. This is hiding something. One part of the negotiation has not worked out for one of the teams or for the player's agent, and they're embarrassed about the deal that's been struck, so they don't want to put the fee there. I hate undisclosed transfer fees. Put the number out there. Because we can't value, we can't understand the situation. We don't know whether a player is good value or bad value, and I just think it's murky. In a world of financial fair play, if you are negotiating deals that have got weird complex add-ons or commercial rights things and you're hiding them behind an undisclosed transfer fee i am suspicious about you so i'm putting these in room 101 for what good it will do and it will also mean that when we do our research seb for these shows and we go on to transfer marked and we look at all the transfers that teams have made we don't have a question mark next to the player's name and we can actually get a sense of how much their market value is. So run over, undisclosed transfer fees. Your time is up. I'm coming for you. But it can be a useful tool, can't it? You know, you don't want to show your hand early on in the window. If, if, if we'd have gone out, let's say, I don't know who the first person we signed money for, if we'd have gone out and the fee had been been announced, you know, that could have really, really screwed us over with with deals later on down the line because it might have showed, oh, he's got his hand up. Here we go. Look, right. keep going, keep going. All right, it might have shown our hand. You know, they might have thought, oh, they're willing to pay X amount for 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 Scott Fraser. You know, whatever. Let's uh, let, let, if they're now interested in this player, let's let's add another five hundred grand to the price. So it can be a, a defensive tool as well. Yeah, I get that. And bloody hell, also you get you get to see it a year end, don't you? Or eighteen months later when the accounts are published, you will you will no, see. You won't see specifically, but you'll just see a, a total amount, and you can probably kind of work it out. I don't know. I think you can amortize and do all kinds of clever. It's called wind dressing, Seb. In the world of accountancy. I do get your point, though, and I wish you'd mentioned it to me in advance so I could have prepared for it. I thought but it was straight re- away, but obviously I didn't bring it up because I want to win. My so. rebuttal is then um, I agree, that's sensible. So publish all the transfer fees at the end of the transfer window. Okay, yeah, yeah that, that would make sense. Yeah, like we did with agent so. spending fees, if there was a yeah, Precisely. an announcement, yeah, an announcement afterwards to say this is what we spent. But then it's gonna it's, it, it will screw you late down the line. You know, if you go into January, you know, if you want to buy a player, and they'll say, well, last year, last window, you spent this, and I don't know. I think it's there to protect. Let's pre- let's not pretend though that teams, chairman, agents, they know what money we're spending. Well, it, yeah, to be fair, yeah, it's all right. a murky little. You know, everyone's chats. There's back channels and. All secret chats and agents know. Everyone knows. Every players know. So let's not pretend that this is. I know it's not public domain, but it's in the football domain. And I just think, I just think it's trying to pull the wool over. And as I said, with FFP, with all these teams getting points deductions, I think it's high time we know what money was being spent. So okay. there you go. Undisclosed transfer fees. Fair enough. Okay, this week I am going to go for. So I stood there on on Tuesday night in the the drizzle and the rain and the cold, and it got to the was it the eighty third minute when El Mazzuni scored, and I thought, hang on a minute, we're going to be having extra time here. And I suddenly thought to myself, why do we bother having an extra thirty minutes in 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 cup replays? What's what's the point of it? 
Why don't we just go straight to penalties to decide a winner? It seems to be such more common sense, you know. Why do we play for another half an hour? We saw it as well in the Euros and stuff where teams are knackered, you know, and they're just basically hanging on. There's no real sort of quality of football. Sides tend to hang on just to try and get to the penalty shootout. We got rid of them last year with it being a, a COVID curtailed season and a and a, and a, and a shorter a shorter season. But yeah, in this day and age, you know, you, you don't get any extra revenue by playing an extra half an hour. Everyone's already paid their money to be in the seats and watch the, the 90 minutes. Just end it and go straight to penalty shootouts to to help ease some of the fixture congestion. That's that's my room 101 this week. So I, I've I've got a pro and con for you on that, and I, it's an understandable one. Are you going to say Bolton in the playoffs? I was going to say no, no. I was going to say Bolt. I'm going to say Stockport from Wednesday night. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're denying Stockport the the magic of the FA Cup by doing is that, that. Is that magic? A non-league side being a League One side? Yeah, is it magic. I'd, I'd say so. Five is three. It? It's not magic say, though, is it? Well, they're going to talk about that in Stockport for weeks. Brilliant. So, um, my, so I see where you're coming from. My, I'd go one stage further, but it's right that you do this because I've tried to go, tried, tried to get rid of the transfer window, tried to get rid of throw-ins. If I can't have it, I like the, I like the atomic man. option. I think what should have happened in the first game against Oldham and in any cup tie in the FA Cup, particularly, particularly the first few rounds is I think the teams should get to full time and be given the choice. Do you want a replay? Do you want extra time? Do you want penalties? If they can't agree, it goes to a replay. Okay. Otherwise, if they agree, extra time or penalties and just end it there and then avoid yeah, the replay because we wouldn't have wanted the replay. I guess Oldham no. might have wanted it, but Why? they only got 2000 in for the game, didn't they? they yeah, didn't, I was going to say, they, they, they didn't sell benefit. out, was it? No, they didn't benefit massively. And they've got their own issues going on in the league, haven't they? So, you know, why, I, I don't see who benefited from that. I guess when it gets to the third round, you know, if, if Oldham had knocked us out and they were to draw Liverpool away and get a replay, sure. then absolutely completely different scenario. But in these early rounds, it's it's pointless. But also I'd have it, you know, if, if, if it was an old Premier League tie in the third, fourth, fifth rounds, I'd end that at 90 minutes as well. Don't have a replay there as well because they don't need the money, do they? Go mm. straight to penalties with them and, and, and get it done. And and yeah, in the lower in the in the in the in this day and age with football congestion and players being absolutely knackered, just get rid of the extra 30 minutes because I don't think anybody benefits from it. And it works well in the FL trophy, doesn't it? Or the yeah. Pizza Cup, doesn't it? So yeah. yes. And we did it last year. They did it last year when they got rid of uh, they got rid of the extra time for the for the COVID season. So they have done it before. So that's that's my room one oh one this week. Okay. Get rid of the thirty minutes. So either undisclosed transfer fees or getting rid of the uh, the thirty minutes extra in, in, in cup replays. Vote in our Twitter poll and vote with your hearts, vote with your minds. What's votes with your souls? I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm gonna shut up. Let's put the music back on. That is your lot. Thank you if you've made it this far into the podcast. Um, it's been great to have you with us. Blue Monday ITFC. Uh, Blue Monday ITFC.co.uk. I wonder whether that will make the edit. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, and um, all the details there for all of our shows coming up um, are available there. Our social media details are on screen at the moment. Ips, Rich, and Browns S08. Browns 08. Brown, Brown S08. Are you looking for a different Twitter handle? It's not the easiest ones to remember, is it? It was my work username for like 11 or 12 years, so I've kept it for literally everything. Have a look. See what you can find. So, I'm, not, I'm not that invested. In the I'm comments. Twitter's new, tw- um, Seb's new Twitter alias. Get that in the that comments. That might be my room 101 next week. People Twitter, who try and get Twitter. proper Twitter handle. Is it a handle? Is that what it's called? Twitter alias or something. Right. Yeah. I'll bow down to your superior knowledge. I'm nowhere near invested enough. Okay, fine. Well, Browns08 
go and tweet him about how we should get a better Twitter handle. Um, and you can join us, as we mentioned, for episode 502 out on Monday morning um, with the flagship show talking all about Sunderland post-match. And um, as always, we need to say thank you to our friends at the Greyhound who are supporting us. If you want, I know we're not got a, we don't have a home match this weekend, but why not go to the Greyhound and have a Sunday yeah. roast? Yeah perfect and any day of the week the greyhound is a cracking place to go and obviously tuesday night if you're looking for a pre and post match venue before rotherham again greyhound go and see the, and the amazing following, team at the ground is it crew on the following sunday you've got to get your roast in the ground before they roasty yeah oh yeah. don't mention that because everyone's going to nick my idea um it's pretty much roasty yes there'll be a run on roasts at the Greyhound. Um, so thank you to them for their support this season on this show. Seb, I'm going to let you sign out and send everyone up to Sunderland with positive vibes. But I want to thank you for all your time and effort doing the research and everyone else again for watching. And Seb, I will hand over to you. Have a great weekend, everybody who's going up there. Let's bring back three points and come on, you blues. <laughs> It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.